Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome, folks. In my last episode, I spoke with Sarah Stokes, an award-winning strategist who scaled successful businesses to multiple millions. She's just founded the Aligned Business Collective, a new place for B2B business owners to find their ideal clients and grow. I spoke with Sarah Stokes of The Juicy Good Life about her journey from her career as a TV news anchor to her current level of entrepreneurial success. So if you missed it, make sure to go back and check it out. But don't go yet, folks. My next guest is Leslie Rochelle. Leslie is a soul-led leadership coach who supports new and emerging leaders to bridge the inner and outer connection with self, cultivating the skills and confidence that support their foundational leadership platform so they can powerfully claim their leader within. She's a wife, mama, coach, mentor, international best-selling author, and the founder of Leslie Rochelle Coaching and Consulting. One of the reasons that I'm bringing Leslie on to talk about this is that companies love to promote new executive leaders up from their ranks. It reduces cost, time to productivity, and increases employee retention and team morale. However, research has shown that 40% of new executives fail within 18 months, whether it's the cultural fit, inability to build teamwork, or they're unsure of their role as a new leader. So that's why I'm talking with Leslie Rochelle about her leadership journey as well as widely held misconceptions and small shifts that can transform your leadership capacity. Both your sense of fulfillment and impact will skyrocket when you make these shifts. Join me in welcoming Leslie Rochelle. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on my show. Trina, I am so excited to be here. I always love the conversations uh, that, that we get to have. Well, we had wonderful conversations back in, in the summer of 2021 when we did the Coaching Business Summit, and I absolutely loved what you shared there, and I can't wait to continue our conversation. This is going to be so much fun. It is. Yeah. So, Leslie, for those in my audience who don't know you very well yet, can you share just really quickly where you started from and how you got to where you are now. Perfect. Thank you very much, Trina. I really, again, I really appreciate uh, the great conversation that we're going to have today. I know, I know that it's going to be great. Really where I started from is being given an opportunity that I just said yes to not really knowing what I was getting myself into. And 
allowing myself to really get consumed by the position that I was in. And that really led to, you know, my own coaching experience with and my own mentoring experience. And that is having someone support me through through those roles. And you know, being being in that first time leadership, like a greater leadership role versus some of the other smaller ones that I've had really, really pushed me into a lot of discomfort. And it's one thing that I really needed to really get a hold of because it almost broke me to where I was. Mm. I had a really, really difficult time. Um, but what that led to was really the passion for me and my coaching is to reach back to that earlier version of myself, just to be able to give somebody a hand. So that's why I help support new and emerging leaders with solidifying their leadership foundation. So it's really that mix of that life coaching, that leadership coaching all rolled into one that I can, that I can really help that, that new and emerging leader, that up and coming, that up and coming leader. I love that. It's so important. We all want to be leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, we all envision what it's like to be a leader and we all are leaders in some way or another in our lives. But when it comes to stepping into big leadership, whether that's leadership of your own company, as an entrepreneur or leadership in another business, you know how to do your job and that's why you got elevated, but do you know how to lead? That's, you know, and you may know how to lead, but if you have doubts about it, right. If you have your own stresses and anxieties, you're paying more attention to that than you are to the people that you are there to support and lead. That's How right. true is that? Yeah, that is incredibly true. Some misconceptions with regards to leadership as well. Some people want that leadership role because they just assume, mm. oh, I have a little bit more power. This is really the next step along the, the, the path for me. And they don't really consider that you're no longer in that subject matter expertise role. You are now leading people, which is completely different. So I think that's sometimes where people really get stuck is that understanding what leading people really does look like. You have to let your, your old role go so you can assume the new position that you're in. And it's, it, and it can be difficult to do that. It can be. I think it's stepping into your new zone of genius so that the people on your team can work in their zone of genius. And when you're new in the role, you're still developing your zone of genius when it comes to leadership. How hard is it for new leaders to ask for support? I think I know the answer to this one, but. Yeah, it can be incredibly difficult because yeah. one, one, somebody's giving you that, given you that responsibility and you've said, I'm so excited to be here. And you may think you need to know it all. And so you're afraid to ask for help. Right. You're afraid to say, I am struggling and I am stuck. How do I get unstuck? And that takes some vulnerability to put your hand up and say, please, please help me out. You know, it took me two years of, as I mentioned before, getting to the point where I was utterly depleted, exhausted, you know, laying on a couch, laying on the couch one day where I said, okay, you know, 
something has to change here. And I had to identify what that was. And that was me, right? There's no external mm-hmm. change that's, that's going to happen here. It all has to do with, do with me as the individual. And that's when I finally asked for help. So I'd like to, you know, I would like to be able to support someone to not have to get to that point, right? To that utterly, yeah. utter depletion that it just takes you days to recover um, before you just have to go and do it over again. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's really where that passion lives. It's like, you know, how can I help me earlier? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Self-discovery is probably one of the most important things that a leader can do, not just for themselves, not just to be a better leader. You know, it, it just elevates their team as well. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it absolutely does. The best thing we can do. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the kinds of things that the signposts that led to your self-discovery, what kinds of things might people notice in their lives that would be the signposts that they need to do more self-discovery, that they need to learn more, that they need to do this kind of inner work. Right. When you were looking around and thinking, how do I mimic somebody else? I like the way they do the thing how do I do it for myself? And then we try it, we go, oh, that doesn't work for me. Like completely inauthentic, right? You're spending so much energy outward that it is exhausting and it is overwhelming to you. You have no idea what type of a leader that you want to be really, you know, some of the best leaders are the ones that speak last, yes. right? Some of the, some of the, the best leaders will allow um, other people to express their opinions before they give their opinions. So from that self-discovery piece is that we really need to know who we are as a human being before we can excel in anything. And that includes leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I think in regards to being the last to speak is knowing that no one else, no matter what anybody else says, that you aren't threatened to find that, that space of inner self security. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause yeah. what'll end up happening is when you are secure in your role and you understand what your position is within, within that, and that is leading people and team members want to be seen, heard, cared for, have us this sense of belonging and have a, and have a shared sense of purpose. And when you can sit back and direct from, from the back, it's amazing what you can actually learn when you're back there, not always having to be in the front, you will have people expressing their opinions and their ideas um, more freely than maybe they would have before, because they're seeing other people doing it and they're seeing you allowing them to do that. I love that because that's so true because you're giving them um, a chance to feel validated by on their own, just being as they are and knowing that you trust them. hundred percent. And it's, it's what the, the foundation of anything really is that (laughs) trust piece is the base layer, you know, that, that foundation of creating some of those great uh, teams as well. Yeah. But it really comes down to that leadership piece of just saying, Hey, I truly value your opinion. What is the feedback that you have for me and being open and receptive to what that is. 
Yes. The, you know, there's an intention behind that, that changes the energy of that. And I'm not using energy in woo. I'm using energy in, in the ability to get work done and work is the ability to create change. And so I love what you just said about being able to ask them what they want and what they need, but also asking it from a place of calm and with the intention to listen instead of the, the intention to fix or the intention to defend yourself, just in case they might say something that you're not comfortable with, because that changes the entire dynamic. You can ask the questions like, Leslie, what do you think needs to change? Just asking out of pure curiosity. And that's one of the biggest things that you can do. Again, I'm going to use your word is really getting curious about something that Um, maybe Mm. not working or getting curious about something that is working. Why is it working so well? How can we implement this in other, in, in the other areas that we have? When we get into being there for our team and being a little bit vulnerable for our team, it's just really important to be able to show that humility that that is, that is so incredibly necessary that you don't have to know all the answers. Cause I, guarantee you won't. And that's why you have all these other amazing people around you because you've built them that team up in that fashion. And then, you know, they end up doing anything for you. Right. Because it's not just about, you know, did you get that project done? It's how are you today? Like really, how are you today? How's your family? What'd you do this weekend? Et cetera, et cetera. It's not small talk. It's not small talk. No, it's not small talk. And I I need to call back to what you were saying about vulnerability and not needing to know all of the answers. And this is something that I see, and you'll have to let me know if you see the same in new leaders and even established leaders where they, it seems as if they feel that they need to know the answers and they need to be the, the, the person who solves the problems. And so when they don't know, it's a very painful situation. It's a very painful feeling. So how true do you find that to be? Cause I've seen that to be the case. Yeah, I think that's incredibly accurate, (laughs) you know, how how you actually, how you, how you describe that, you know, when I first got the, the, that, the big leadership role, I said no at first, because I said, oh, I don't, I can't sit in, you know, their seats, because I don't know what they know. And they said, well, that's not, that's really not what the role is all about. So I said, oh, okay, so your, your job is to lead the people, not to know everything. That's why you yes. have a team of people that you can go to to say, I don't know this. Can you educate me on this one? And you put it across that way and they will help you. They will 100% help you out. Of course they will, you know, because they're the subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're and, the people the- that need to be empowered. <laughs> That's right. And they know that you know that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and how refreshing is it when, when a leader comes in and says, I don't know what the answer is, but let's work together to figure it out. That really plays to the inclusion piece of leadership is bringing everybody in. It goes to that common sense of purpose. We have this 
this thing, this concern, this problem that we need to solve, let's all get all of our heads together and identify some solutions to that problem. Because, you know, one of us may not have the answer, but I bet you when we all get together and we can discuss it, there'll be a lot of ideas that'll come out that that will ultimately get us to fixing the issues that we're currently yeah. experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that it feels so good to talk about it in that way. And I think there's so many leaders out there who come from settings and other enmeshed styles of leadership where it's really top down my way or the highway. This is what you're going to do style of leadership that it really is a shift it, it is a hundred percent a shift and i think we're seeing less and less i mean there's a time and place for that type of leadership yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> are you in an emergency situation are you in a war right but yeah. right but what is then you just just follow the orders right just yeah. follow what you're being asked to do but in the most of the cases it's it's not and if you get into that dictatorship type of leadership which is just I want you to do this, or you need to do this by this time. Like micromanaging. Micromanaging, that is all you're going to get. Yeah. When you allow them to come into their own, when you can, you know, deeply care about the people in within your charge, you're going to get a whole bunch more out of them because they will give you that yeah. extra 10%, right? They're yeah. not, you know, they, they might be there to, you know, there, there are some that just want to go there and collect the paycheck, but then there's others that really want to go there to make a difference. So if you can tap into those ones that really want to be able to make that difference and, and really pour into them, you are going to get so much in return. You're going to get more than just the job done. Yeah. The invested engaged employees or team members, you mentioned the ones who aren't engaged, the ones who are really just showing up to do the job, to get the job done. And there is a way to help them become more engaged while you can't control what they do. You can change how you interact with them that will make it easier to, for them to re-engage if that is something that they desire to do. And mm -hmm. What I love about what you do, what I do, what anybody who works with leaders does is working with them to do that inner work, to do that self-discovery. Cause it's not until you figure out like, where do you feel, where, where are you when it comes to security, confidence? How are you dealing with your own sense of perfectionism? How willing are you to ask for help and to receive it. You know, as a leader, you, you're looking for people who are coachable. You know, this is a coaching conversation about leaders, but when we're talking about leaders, leaders need teams who are coachable. And so how coachable are you as a leader? How willing are you to do the work for yourself? That's right. You don't and go into <laughs> coaching to expect other people to change. You have to change, be the, <laughs> no. the, the one to start it. That's right. And if you can switch that around to saying, I'm here to serve you. Yeah. How can I inspire you to be the best version of yourself? Right. Because yeah. that's really, you know, what that, what that leadership is. You're leading, you're leading people. You're not managing people. You're not supervising people. You're leading people. Right. Yeah. So there is that difference there. And until you identify where you're currently at, you have no idea how to get to where you want to be. Yeah. So, you know, getting into identifying 
your needs, your wants, and your desires, because they are going to, they're all going to be different from one another. And when you can put that down and identify, okay, where am I currently at right now? And not thinking about those things, but really feeling into it, right? Because our our brain will only allow us to go so far on things Mm -hmm. because because ego steps in on us and, and stops us just because it's trying to keep us safe and not allow us to grow. But when we can feel into something, I'm saying you're going to get a lot better results when you, when you just allow yourself to open up to the possibilities yeah. of what can be. I really believe that when you are willing to look and examine your values, what's important to you and accept where you are, you're more open to listening to others' values and where they are. And the values don't need to be the same and often they're not. Conflict comes up when values clash and you need to know what your values are and then inquire and explore what the values of your team are to find out what's important with them and how can you find that win-win. And that's where perspective comes in. Yeah. Right. Like I don't have to agree with what somebody else is saying, but I am still going to listen to what their perspective on that situation is. And this is another piece of, you know, my belief system, which is that diversity and inclusion, but that's diversity of thought, right? That's diversity of perspective. You, you mustn't be, you know, offended because I think that way. That's great. You don't have to, I'm not trying to make you think that way, but all I'm asking for you to do is consider my perspective on something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will do the same thing for you. You had mentioned earlier about how do we get maybe some of those people who need a little bit of that corrective action. One of the best leadership moments I've ever had is supporting someone that they were incredibly difficult to work with, mm. right? Yeah. But it's having those courageous conversations and that really some of that straight talk to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing and this is what needs to change, right? Yeah. Yeah, with that, then you're sharing with them and they then they know the direction that they need to go because 100%. they know where they are. You were talking earlier about, but you need to know where you are to, to know where you need to go. Um, using a map. And I think that's super, super important. What are your thoughts? Because I've seen this happen and there's been a lot of other leaders who have mentioned it and leaders who coach other leaders as well. And we talked briefly about it at the beginning, talking about trying to solve things. And you could be coming from such a compassionate and calm place but if you don't pay attention to what the, the values are, the desires are of the person that you're working with, and you give them, this is the solution, I'll make it easier for you. I'll take more off your plate. That, while you're doing your best and your intentions are beautiful, it could actually be a very subtle sabotage of them. 100%, because you've just taken away their opportunity. You've taken away their opportunity to learn something new. One of the things that I would do, and you know, my team at first would get frustrated with me because I would ask, okay, you know, I know you want an answer for me and I have one, but what would you do? Right. To allow them to solution that themselves. And we would do use, if it wasn't um, an individual 
that needed that coaching piece, it would really be from that team perspective. Well, what do you think we should do? Right. Give them that space to open up, to come up with maybe a better solution than I, uh, than I'm considering right now. I have one I sh- for sure do, but yeah. what do you think we can do? Cause then that helps their uh, problem solving skills as well. It does. And their idea mm-hmm. may likely be better. Very, work, very more good. efficiently. <laughs> it definitely could be. And that's, and that's one reason not to go in there and say, okay, we have a problem and this is what the solution is. Because if they have this fear of speaking up to you, they're going to hold their, their, their opinions to themselves, which you've just really cut off a conversation really. So let everybody else have their say and encourage the quiet ones to come out as well. Not just listen to the ones that like to speak a lot, because there's always going to be those within a team, but really try and, and hold the pieces out of those quieter ones. Because sometimes they're just sitting and they're reflecting and they're figuring out what they want to say. And then once all, everybody gets their opinions together, then you can give what your opinion is. And you, you may have changed your mind three times throughout that conversation because <laughs> you've allowed, because you've allowed them to have their say, you've allowed them to participate in that problem solving, which creates an incredible amount of buy-in as well for your team. And I would think as a new leader that this takes some practice and it takes some time for your team to trust you because they may have come from a setting where, hey, give me your input was more like, what would you do? And they they give their input and then they said, no, you're wrong. (laughs) Or if it didn't work, you suck. And instead- (laughs) you know, having a more welcoming attitude. It's like, Hey, what would you do? And have them give their suggestion. It's like, okay, let's try it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does great, we have a new way of doing it. That's right. I ended up coming into a team that I had to break all the silos out of that team. Mm. There was competition going in within the team, but I had to come in, okay, you can't see any of this anymore. You're not seeing the KPIs that are giving you individual results. What we're going to be doing is now we're going to be measuring from a team perspective. And that took some time because they're like, who is, why is she doing this? Right. Is she taking yes. these things away? Their from values us? were threatened initially <laughs> because it's like, this is how I um, recognize my own value is by mm-hmm. these KPIs. Yes. Yes, yeah. I did this much work. So yay for me, because, you know, maybe there's going to be a financial incentive associated to it. But really, that was detrimental from a team yes. aspect. And we are better as a team, right? We can get yeah. so much more work done when when we're a fluid, well-oiled machine. Yeah, I think it's so important. At, when you mentioned silos, I was mm-hmm. um, subtly triggered because I remember back in the day when I was in corporate, I was doing consulting, I was working in software and the silos were tall and strong. <laughs> the power of the silos was strong and you could see how it would slow down productivity. The competition between teams was was not supportive of a healthy work environment and it wasn't supportive of good end product productivity. And so I love that you talk about breaking down the silos. That is huge. And now when we talk about entrepreneurs who perhaps have smaller teams than huge corporations, I think the value of breaking down silos is even more important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody needs to understand what the roles and responsibilities are and how they contribute to that larger 
that larger goal. Yeah. 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 So Leslie, tell me a little bit about what you have coming up in the next 12, 24 months. Oof, 12, 24 months. There's lots of things that I have on my, I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) It's my my vision board of the things that I, that I'm uh, looking to uh, do in 2022 and beyond. There is an ebook that I'm writing. There's a solo actual book book that I'm writing. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, I will be something along the lines of your leader within, because that's the name of the, the, the Facebook group that I have as well. I will be launching a program right now. We're just doing some beta testing and, and things like that on it, making sure I have all the bits and pieces that in the order that I'd like to have and that are the most transformational for people as well, as well as three new packages, coaching package, coaching and mentoring packages that I have as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking events and, and lots on the go for 2022. It's going to be a really good year. Yeah. 2022 is going to rock. Yes. Leslie, where can people find out more about you? Best place to probably find out more about me is if you go to um, my website, which is leslierochelle.com, L-E-S-L-I-E-R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. There is a contact form in there if you're wanting to have some more information as well. I do have a, as I mentioned, Facebook, a free Facebook group, which is Your Leader Within. It's hosted by Leslie Rochelle. Feel free to look me up and join that. Would love to have you. And listeners, those those links will be in the show notes. Perfect. Leslie, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you back. Trina, I always enjoy our conversations. So I want to thank you for giving me this, another opportunity to come and uh, speak with uh, you and for your listeners today. Thank you. Our absolute pleasure. Next week, I'll be talking again with Connie Scavella. Connie is a speaker, author, and business and strategic advisor for CEOs and entrepreneurs seeking a quantum leap in their lives and business simultaneously. Big setbacks, including financial decisions gone wrong, can break entrepreneurs, but it doesn't have to be that way. Highly successful visionary entrepreneurs tend to exhibit not only more resiliency than their less successful counterparts, but also life, outlook, and professional habits that continually expand their capacity for resilience. That's why Connie and I are continuing our conversation. This time we're talking about a 100K loss dealing with betrayal and her turning point that took her from being burned by the industry to resiliently committing to figuring it out. Tune in next week, folks. You don't wanna miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me is to please rate, review, and follow this podcast. When you do, you help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs just like you. By the way, If you are a driven entrepreneur at the top of your game, yet find your consistent successes aren't feeling like you thought they would, I also have a special invitation to share with you. Especially if you are ready to go deep and stop the self-doubt, self-sabotage, 
overwork, overwhelm, exhaustion cycle that is holding you back from experiencing success that truly feels like success. I invite you to book a call with me. We'll have an intimate conversation about you and your business, and we'll talk about what's holding you back from regulating your nervous system, priming yourself for flow, and elevating your emotional intelligence so that your journey of success feels fulfilling and deeply satisfying. If you still need more help at the end of our call, and it makes sense to both of us, we'll talk about what it would look like to work together. If this sounds good to you, click the Book Trina link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for next week. And remember, be awesome.